Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Paper Boys. We have an exciting paper for you about reflective coatings to reduce the urban heat island effect. Yes, the Yuhai effect. You're Yui. You, uh, I don't like Yui. <laughs> There's a lot of weird acronyms in this one. Uh, it's also just like a nice, clean, low effort piece of science. Not low effort on the piece of the on the part of the scientists, but just like you can just take this one in, like kick back, relax, hear about some interesting science. You don't need to worry about coronavirus. We we promise there is nothing contagious in this episode. No, uh, we washed our hands before we recorded it. So, yeah, we hope you enjoy it. Let us know what you think on social media, Instagram or Twitter, PaperboysPod. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Paper Boys, the weekly podcast where we unravel the research behind the latest major headlines in science. I'm here today with Charlie, as we are every single week that we release an episode, which is every week. <laughs> which is every week. <laughs> uh, um, and we have an exciting non-COVID-19 related article for you today. Good. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of COVID-19 news. Yes. Um, Just call me, wake me up when it's cured. Okay. Uh, yeah, you're probably not... <laughs> Don't hold your breath. Yeah, I might be sleeping for a while. Yeah, this one is about an uplifting topic. Um, you may have heard of it called global warming. Oh, yeah. It, that's something we used to talk about back in 2019. Yeah. I think one of the best memes I've seen throughout this whole crisis is uh, old people think about coronavirus the way that young people feel about global warming. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> it's like, this is how millennials feel every day about global warming. Yeah. I think that has probably shifted a little bit, yeah. but um, yeah, yeah, global warming. So what warms your heart? <laughs> yes. So uh, how could global warming possibly be in the news, James? Well, you never would have expected it, but um, this, so this, that's not entirely true. This isn't totally about global warming. That was just to pull you in. Oh, as your clickbait. as my hook. Yeah. This is about urban heat islands or UHIs, which is essentially this idea that when you have a large urban area and you've drastically changed the vegetation, this urban area will heat up a lot more than the surrounding rural areas around it, and it creates a heat island because asphalt and buildings tend to retain the heat during the day. Huh. Okay, wait, sorry. When you say drastically change the vegetation, meaning like you develop the land into a city? Yeah, like imagine a park, and yeah. now imagine raising that park and putting a McDonald's. Yeah. And then think about the temperature. Or like a parking lot. And <laughs> yeah. Just think like, uh, parking lot sounds hot. Just baking in the sun. Yeah. A, par a park sounds nice and cool. Yeah. Pleasant. Pleasant. Exactly. There's dogs. Dogs. Yeah. Maybe a little like trickling water. Mm, yeah. Mm. A, a gentle breeze rolls through the grass. Yeah. You can tell that we're starved for outdoor activity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay, so urban heat islands. I mean, to me, I would just call this like hot city. I don't know why you need like an acronym for everything. Hot city. HC. No, I'm saying like, why do they need to call it a UHI? Well, I mean, because you got to save text. You got to save ink. Mm, okay. Ink. Okay. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I will be referring it to as urban heat island because saying UHI 
doesn't feel right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It sounds it sounds that's kind of a gross acronym. Well, I'll drop it. It's fine. Okay. You try pitching an acronym. <laughs> a UE. I'll call it a UE. No, just call it a, <laughs> just call it a hot city. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll, I'll let it go. So, this paper came into the news for a couple of reasons. So, here are some of the headlines. LA takes climate change fight to the streets by pouring cooler pavement. This is from the LA Times. Hmm. The National Asphalt Pavement Association, wait, what? Napa published an article that said unintended consequences of reflective pavements. There is a National Asphalt Pavement Association. Big asphalt. <laughs> Big asphalt. <laughs> Yeah, can we even trust this study? How do I don't we know, know Big man. Asphalt's not? The Big Asphalt Lobby. <laughs> That's a lobby you don't want to be a part of. No. <laughs> big Asphalt and their UHIs. It's Big Al. He's with the Big Ass. <laughs> uh, sorry, Al. Um, and then City Lab published an article that said, the problem with, quote, cool pavements, they make people hot. Oh, okay. So, all right, I'm getting... I like the way you ordered those headlines. The first one was like, there's a concept, a technology concept, cooler pavement. The second one was like, there may be an unintended consequence. And then you had my attention. And the third one is saying, the consequence is on people. You fell right into my plan. Okay. You funneled me right in. Yeah. So what is the point? What is this cooler pavement that's being talked about? So in order to combat the urban heat island effect... People have thought of um, many different mitigation strategies. Ultimately, what happens, th there are a few reasons for the urban heat um, island effect. And one of them is just the color of asphalt. It's black. Black absorbs heat. So in the midst of the summer, it's just baking and absorbing sunlight. And it tends to retain that over the course of the night. And so that means that starting the next day, the city's already hotter. And so in the night, there's like, there's no reprieve from the heat. This is a huge, like, if you've ever been to Phoenix in the summer, it's like 115 degrees in the day. And then you're like, huh, it should cool off at night. And it's like still above 100. Oh my gosh, that's horrible. Yeah, no humidity, but it's just hot. Yeah, I was gonna say, I've never, I haven't been to Phoenix, but I'm thinking of like, you know, being in Manhattan in August, mm -hmm. it just feels like you, you never don't sweat, you know? Yeah, there's just like heat everywhere. To be fair. I would take 110 in Phoenix over like 90 in New York any day. Oh, yeah. But. Humidity is not it's not fun. <laughs> yeah, growing up on the no. East Coast, I don't know. That's we had a different our, piece. We had our share. Yeah. One, you know, one idea is like, well, why don't you just make asphalt a lighter color and reflect the light? Yeah. But I, I mean, you can't just like change the color of asphalt, can you? Well, it turns Isn't out it you just can like, apply a reflective coating. Oh, so you can like paint it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, doesn't sound great for the environment either, but at least it's not hot. Yeah. So, but it turns out that you have to like, it's not that simple. And so that's where this study came in that was sparking these articles um, in the popular news. So the title of this article was Solar Reflective Pavements, a Policy Panacea to Heat Mitigation? Question mark. In case you didn't catch that inflection. <laughs> also a good alliteration. Yeah, I like I, that. I want to say thank you, but I did not come up with that. <laughs> um, the art, the first author on this was um, Ariane Medell from the School of Arts, Media and Engineering at Arizona State University, a hot 
state. Yeah, ASU. Your favorite? No, you hate ASU, <laughs> don't you? I mean, I'm from Tucson, and yeah. so that's like the big rivalry. Your big rivalry. Yeah, but you know they're doing good work. They made it on the show. Yeah. Hey, go Sun Devils. Don't say that. <laughs> um, this was in collaboration with uh, a few other departments at Arizona State, as well as the University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA. I can see why these two universities have a vested interest in this. Two very hot cities. Yeah. They're yeah. like, they're like, they just put all their grad students into a room for the summer and they're like, all right, fix this. Yeah. And then, but Dark Horse. Another author, Florian A. Schneider from Kent State University. Where is that? Kent State is in Ohio. Hmm. Ohio gets hot, too. Ohio gets hot. It's true. But uh, I don't know. I was like, ASU, UCLA. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you had said like... Fairbanks. <laughs> yeah, like University like University of Minnesota, I'd be like, mm, well, <laughs> you know, like stay in your lane, Minnesota. <laughs> Go figure out better ways to de-ice the streets. Yeah. Stay out of here. Seriously. They're like, ship all your black pavement to us. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about some of the trade-offs. Okay. I'm sorry, listeners, you can't see this, but Charlie, in the notes, you can see there is a graph of temperatures from the month of September over a 10-year period uh, in Japan. And if you look at Tokyo- 100 year. Hmm? 100 year. This is 100 years. And by 10 years, I mean 100 years. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wait oh it's a 10 year it's but plotting the 10 year, year average over 100 years over 100 years yeah and so you can see that the average temperature of tokyo being a much larger metropolis not like yokohama is small or anything but compared to other japanese cities it has pushed the average temperature up over time yeah it's interesting you can see all the cities have kind of the same like fluctuation shapes but Tokyo just like kind of has this additional rise to it. Yeah. Like imagine you just angle it up slightly steeper. And so it climbs higher in the average temperature. Yeah. And it seems like it kind of diverges like, you know, in the last 50 years or so. Yeah. I'm, I imagine that's just due to like Japan had that huge growth mm. after World War II. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't really know. So that's like, if you look at average temperatures, large met- uh, metropolitan areas you see this urban heat island effect and this has a lot of negative effects um it has a lot of effects let me say it that way some of them are actually positive it uh it increases growing seasons for crops what it wait like who's growing crops in the middle of like a metropolis sort of in the surrounding areas it can lead to Whoa, increased wait. rainfall. So the city is like emanating heat out to the areas around it? I think so. I mean, or for like, maybe for like farm areas that are like just totally adjacent. Like Phoenix, many of the suburbs of Phoenix were farms 10 years ago, 15 oh, years ago. Wow. Okay. And so there's like some farmland that still like butts up against it. Huh. Man, that's so weird to think about. Yeah. I mean, I just like think of you know we live in a city seattle and i just think of like food is grown somewhere else you know and then it comes here but in reality it's like that's not true at all like we drive out we go hiking we drive like less than an hour it gets passing farms you know real very quickly for some reason i don't associate those farms with like the food that i eat i just think like oh these are these are just farms but you know (laughs) the food that i eat comes from you know some giant swath of land in kansas like i don't know (laughs) The breadbasket of America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, it's probably because I buy like the, you know, Safeway brand produce. If I were buying like the whole food organic produce, it'd probably be coming from that one right next to Seattle. Yeah. I mean, or literally the farmer's market. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but well, I can't afford that. Social. Di- you got to keep your social. Distance. Exactly. Farmer's market in this in this climate. <laughs> Um, in this urban heat island? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess you could say like, okay, that's a plus maybe. There are lots of really bad effects. I was going to say, I'm sure there's pros and cons, but it sounds like the kind of thing that's mostly a con. Mostly a con. Yeah. Um, so what are the cons? It tends to increase air pollution. Warmer temps tend to exacerbate things like ozone. This is a huge problem in Phoenix. Just the heat in the summer and like lots of pollution. It is the pollution because, like, is that because people are using AC more or like, is it, is it an effect, like a secondary effect or is it like literally, you know, atmospheric science wise, like hotter temperature traps pollution or depletes the ozone? Um, that's a really good question. I'm going to actually look this up real quick because I don't want to give the wrong answer. Okay. Well, also not that it really matters like all of that really matters is the effect I, this is just out of kind of a scientific curiosity okay so sorry listeners to give you just a google search answer but it says air quality decreases during times of hot temperatures because the heat and sunlight essentially cook the air along with all the chemical compounds lingering within it the chemical soup combines with nitrogen oxide emissions present in the air creating a smog of ground level ozone gas which is bad. <laughs> just I say, okay, so there's already pollution. The heat makes it worse. And it cooks together. And then I think it just kind of, that's where you get that haze layer. Yeah. Oh, dude. I mean, I spent 10 weeks in LA. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even just that short amount of time, I'm very familiar with what that looks like. Yes. Makes yes. very cool sunsets. It does. But like people don't bike to work on some days. Because it's so bad. Because it's like, it's more unhealthy to bike than it would be to sit in a car that's so weird yeah 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 so air pollution is worse it also decreases water quality um and it can really affect like local water sources because when you have rain like the rain water heats up oh and so then, now it's just like this warm pool and then that flows into local water sources heating them up and like there have been times where it's been like the effect is so drastic that it like heats up little streams and like kills fish oh i see I was thinking, like, cold water, it's hard for bacteria to live in. I mean, there's that, too. I think yeah. it probably Man, that's crazy. contributes to, like, algal blooms and things like that as well. Yeah. Okay. So to help combat this, people have come up with, like, different ways of designing cities or, like, making modifications. One is, like, green roofs. And so, like, you've seen this in probably some urban areas where they do, like, rooftop gardens and things like that. Yeah. Um, that helps a lot. Light-colored cities. This helps to increase the albedo of a city. So how much light and like infrared energy is reflected back up from the Earth from the sun. So like, how, but how do you how do you like make sure that that happens? Or like, what's an example of a city that has done that? New York and L.A. both have plans in place. They're cool roof ordinances that set reflectance and admittance standards for new roofs. Really? Yep. But like the roof of a skyscraper is very little of the surface area. No, but like when you start thinking about 
homes or like apartment complexes or parking yeah. structures and things like that there's actually a lot that you can do that's a good point and i guess like when you think of the entire city like the downtown's a small area but like if you were to cover all the roofs of the entire urban sprawl with you know light colors or trees that, that would probably be good yeah <laughs> if you just actually raised all the buildings and just only put in trees that would help a ton <laughs> yeah it turns out that we just needed trees here yeah um but and so like planting trees is another thing or doing parking lots that aren't made out of asphalt yeah well i was about to say like here in seattle one of the things that i love about this city is that it doesn't feel like the trees were demolished to make way for the city it kind of feels like the city was built under the trees yeah like when you look out at the view across you know most areas of seattle like downtown being obvious exception but like almost any neighborhood that we've been to the view is like treetops and you see little houses kind of poking around yeah and they maybe i don't know if it's just because the trees are so big or what but yeah it feels like they sort of navigated it and like built the neighborhoods to do that yeah however you know with the green roofs and like light colored surfaces and all that you can imagine like all of that comes at a cost and so there's the inherent problem that it's easier to do that in more affluent neighborhoods much harder to in areas that are like denser or like just generally have like lower socioeconomic status. And so you end up in this like the same vicious cycle where the people who are most affected by the effects of urban heat index or islands are the ones who are like least capable economically um, of right. taking care of it. Right. And so, and like this is really bad, especially like LA. LA actually has one of the first, um, LA County has one of the first groups that are like dedicated to investigating the effects of global warming on the population of LA County hmm, really? and especially this urban heat Island effect. And it's like mortality increases dramatically during heat waves. Really? I mean, yeah. it's not surprising, but it's just like hard. You don't really think about like heat wave people dying. I don't know. It just, that's just seems like a very, it doesn't seem like a very first world, like, problem no but like I, maybe that sounds insensitive but i listened to a podcast about this though and it's like heat waves kill a ton of people yeah that's like scary yeah especially like in a place like la i'm sure could you imagine living in a really hot place without air conditioning oh i mean and like, being like like 80 percent of the productive self that you are um like having no reprieve yeah from the heat so i mean you grew you grew up in tucson like you can probably relate to this yeah my summers were spent just like sweating because <laughs> my parents <laughs> turned on the ac <laughs> um so yeah a lot of negative effects yeah so what what is the actual like solution that this paper is talking about then so this paper is not proposing a solution this paper is investigating a widely proposed solution to this and that was actually one thing that I really liked about this is it, it came, I felt like it was a, it was a very good objective paper to analyzing. Not like a sales a solution. Pitch. Yeah. They're not, they're not selling me anything. They're just like, Hey, here's something that's been proposed a lot. Let's make the measurements and like, let's let the data sort of guide what our policy should be. So oftentimes people are saying like, okay, if the urban heat Island is so bad, 
let's coat all the streets in a reflective coating. That'll increase the albedo, so the amount of light that is reflected off of them, and just like reflect it back towards the sun. Yeah. Space is problem. Not <laughs> yeah, ours. exactly. Let the aliens deal with it. So what this paper proposes is that, okay, reflective streets are a mitigation strategy, but it's not really well understood how these reflective coatings affect radiant heat, which is what influences sort of our human experience with temperature. We know that if you make it more reflective, it'll change the surface temperature. But radiant heat is somewhat different, and that's what humans experience. Meaning like, well, I'm sitting inside, it's not the sun that's heating me up, it's like the building that I'm in that got hot. Even more basic, like if you're just walking on a reflective street or near one on the sidewalk, oh, like what's the temperature at 1.5 meters height versus like the surface temperature? I see. So like in the total extreme, I, I see where this is going. In the total extreme, if you replaced all of the like sidewalks with mirrors, it would be very unpleasant. You'd bake. Because you just have sunlight coming at you from both sides. Yeah. It's the same reason why like you get a sunburn when you're skiing. Yeah, it's because, magnified. Because like the snow is reflecting sun at you too. Yeah. And if you've ever felt like, if you've ever been out, there's only a few places you can do this, but if you've been out on the snow on a hot day, you're like, it. you just bake. Yeah. Dude, that's true. Yeah. Okay. So I see where this is going. Like that's the unintended consequence. Potentially. No one had measured it. So that's what they're going to do. Okay. And they're like very well primed to do this because there have actually been a few test cases of laying reflective streets in urban areas. Oh, like where? Uh, in areas near LA. So is that an urban area? Surprisingly. Hmm. Yeah. And actually, uh, Okay, so LA began piloting coatings in 2017 with the goal of reducing the citywide average temp by 1.7 degrees Celsius by the year 2035. Very that, ambitious. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the funny thing. The plan is called lowercase p, uppercase L, uppercase A, lowercase N. So like plan. Plan, okay. But like with LA, plan LA. It's just called plan? It's called Plan LA, but like the LA is capitalized in plan. <laughs> but so it's just like P L A N L A. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Man, these people <laughs> need to up their acronym game. I mean, but, it's, but, but the focus isn't on LA. So then all the more reason to not make that acronym. I didn't make it. I'm just <laughs> I'm just reporting the news, man. Oh, I'm not a fan. Um not a fan. I mean it's a it's a it's a it's a great goal. Yes, a great goal with a terrible name, which is how you know it'll never succeed. Actually, that's how you know it will succeed. That's like NASA style. Like NASA does a great job with really weird acronyms. Yeah. You know, I have to I have to think that the, it was planned with the best of intentions. Okay. Giving them the benefit of the doubt. Okay. So what is the LA plan or the plan LA? Well, it's to reduce the temp. But but like part what of is, what's their what are they going to do? I don't know all the details, but as part of it, they're piloting, um, laying this thing called Cool Seal, which is a coated asphalt concrete that I, there's a photo of it. And this photo, this paper, the accepted manuscript is actually available freely online. So you'll be able to look at these if you're interested. We'll post the links online. So if you look at this photo on the left, you can see there's a real street or like a normal asphalt street on the left. 
and it intersects with a coated street that is much lighter in color. Yeah, it just looks like it's painted white, basically. Basically. And you can kind of see like tire treads over it and stuff, but... Mm-hmm. And so... Is there anything special about that cool seal coating? Just increases the reflectivity. I mean, I'm but sure I mean, there's something... I guess, well, what I'm wondering, like, is it the same as just like spray painting it white or is it like, you know, some special material with some special thermal properties, like what you coat a spacecraft with or something? That's an interesting question. I'm not sure what the thermal properties are. It essentially makes it so that the albedo of it is is the same as like a concrete sidewalk. Okay. Makes Um, sense. And so, you know, this has been a long discussion, but basically... What this paper then does is it uses this, uh, I love this word, biometeorological platform mm. called MARTI. Oh boy, another acronym. Yes, that measures the um, mean radiative uh, temperature um, that, using different instruments. Is that the MARTI? I think so. Yeah, mean radiative temperature. Yeah, okay. And so... Uh, oh boy. What they did was... Um, well, let me talk about Marty for a second. So Marty is composed of six directional long wave and short wave radiation flux density probes, an air temperature sensor, a surface temperature sensor, horizontal wind speed sensor, and a relative humidity uh, sensor all at pedestrian height. Wait, I, I don't... What is this? What is Marty? Marty is like this rolling sensor platform. Oh, it's like a robot. Yeah. It just like rolls around autonomously or what i think they push it oh yeah there's a guy pulling it in a cart (laughs) i know why don't they just like name it whatever that guy's name is his name might be marty is this what they mean by biometeorological that like there's a human in the loop to pull the cart (laughs) no i think it's like meteorology that affects humans Hmm. but i like your explanation more (laughs) like that's a very fancy word for like yeah it's just a thing we walked around with (laughs) It's biometeorological. Hey. Sorry, I'm being overly harsh because of my dislike of their acronyms. Yeah, dude, I didn't know you were such... I should have known, but I didn't know you were such an acronym stickler. Man, it's it's one of those things I go back and forth on. It's a blessing and a curse. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. Everyone falls prey to it. Like, when it's your project, you really want to come up with a good acronym. Mm -hmm. But then I think that's why we criticize other people's acronyms so harshly. Yeah. You're insulted. You're like... Like, how dare you abuse the acronym? <laughs> the acronym so, is something sacred. Exactly. Yeah. You like, should. I put a lot of time and thought into my acronym, and you just go and call this Marty. It's true. If if one person undervalues it, it undervalues it for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It ruins it for the rest of us. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. You, you learn a lot of things on paper, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is how scientists think. <laughs> very cynically yeah <laughs> um but i mean it, it's actually pretty cool dude this is measuring short and long wave radiation flux density tell me that's not cool so, tell me cool. that doesn't sound cool it is cool i'll admit it's cool but it's cool it doesn't need a name to be cool is it cool really or is it hot Ooh. well you tell me what did it measure it measured heat it was hot um okay like too hot hotter or well, so what they did was, here was the areas in LA. They went to Sun Valley and Pacoima, and they made measurements from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. on July 30th, 2019. They had multiple Martys. 
This is kind of like a back to the future scenario. <laughs> Multiple places at the same time. Yeah, okay. Um, so on a typical LA summer day, low winds, max air temp of 31 degrees C, which is like, I think in the 90s. That's pretty hot, right? Yeah, it's like 88 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. Which is hot in LA. You know? Yeah, I mean, you say July 30th in LA, that's all I need to know. <laughs> yeah. That's hot. And so what they did was um, in two different areas they went to different streets and they took like what they called them transects so what they did was along normal black asphalt streets they made measurements on the street and then on the adjacent sidewalk and then they did similar measurements uh along these coated asphalt streets oh okay all right i see so the sidewalk kind of acted as a control Yes, and so there's, uh, just to reiterate that, there's measurements on the reflective pavement, asphalt, and then on the sidewalk. And just to give you there some idea, like the sidewalks were buffered by one meter of unobstructed decomposed granite and cement concrete. So like they were set back a little bit. You know when there's kind of like the gravel, I think, between the road and the sidewalk? Oh, I see, yeah. So the temperature of the road is not going to affect the temperature of the sidewalk. Yeah. Okay. But, like, if it's reflecting some heat off, like, maybe that'll influence it. I see, yeah. yeah. But it's not conducting to make it hotter. Yeah. Okay. So, what did they observe? They found that coating the asphalt did reduce surface temperatures, which makes sense. Yeah, I mean, the road's going to absorb less heat. Yeah. So, it reflects it off. Yeah. Uh, conversely, though, the coated streets did increase the mean radiated temperature, especially in the early to mid-afternoon hours. So, revealing this direct trade-off between surface temperature reduction and human heat load on solar reflective pavements. So, in the early to mid-afternoon hours, this when the sun is like pretty high overhead, just so that's going to baking the street. Yeah, it's going to hit straight down and come right back up into your face. Yeah. So it's actually hotter to walk on these by a few degrees. Celsius. But like, who's walking on the road? Um, Why does that matter? Well, it's more that the road is a like an example. Because they could use this reflective coating in many places, like on playgrounds or things like that, I too. See. And I guess you're also like you're walking next to the road. It's probably still going to reflect. Yeah. And, you know, some people walk on the road, like depending on the road, like not everywhere has good sidewalks right next to it. Yeah. Okay. Especially when people are making suggestions of like walk more, drive less, like, yeah, you'll be around it. And so uh, basically what it found was that the cool pavement does not necessarily advance municipal goals to promote outdoor activities and walkability for positive health outcomes. Mm. They said this specifically. And like so, in the summer, you're going to be a lot less likely to go outside if the if the blacktop is actually a white top. Yeah, like you'd actually be more comfortable walking on a blacktop than on the surface. Huh. Mid-day. As long as you have shoes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because the surface time. Yeah. So, you know, that's like... We've been just blabbering about this for like this short conclusion, but I think it's important. And the discussion of this paper, I thought, was actually like pretty insightful. If to sum it up in one sentence, basically, the effectiveness of the solar reflective coating is highly context dependent. Like, you can't just pitch this as like this is the solution. We need to coat all of the streets in it. Yeah, you got to be like, and and I think this is in response to a lot of policy that was coming up pitching that. I was about to say this sounds like. What happened was, you know, some 
some people came out and said, hey, well, here's this great idea. It's so easy. Why don't we just paint the roads white? And then, you know, as as every scientist and engineer is want to do, people said, well, actually, you know, here's here's a uh, let me offer a counterpoint there. Yeah. And this is a totally valid counterpoint. Like if you did this, if you just did this thinking it's great and then you started getting, you know, millions of complaints of getting sunburn under your chin, like, I think, <laughs> you know, no one would ever want to implement something like this again. Yeah. And like, especially if you think about like at risk populations, like think about the children, you know? Yeah. Like exactly. we always say on this podcast. Yes. Our number one motto. Consider yeah. kids. So, it, truthfully, I don't know. It was an interesting read. It's nice to see <laughs> in a time when science is like so openly debated and distorted. It's nice to be like openly debated, distorted, and so heavily tied to immediate policy that affects us all. Yeah. It's nice to see a paper come out and be like, okay, let's make some measurements. Here's something that you can work with. And, uh, it's not contagious. Yeah, exactly. It's like kind of a low, uh, it's like a low pressure finding. You know what I mean? Yeah. We can take this one in and not be like burdened with this new knowledge. Yeah. You know what I mean? It feels like, it feels like the news is always trying to burden you with some new piece of science. I don't feel burdened. I don't feel burdened now that I know this. Especially because what, really what this is saying is, uh, you know, this will work in some places, but hey, consider planting more trees too. I'm like... Okay. Honestly, it sounds like the answer here is trees. Trees. Because trees are going to shade. Shade. The, like, yeah, shade is the answer. Like, you just need shade. Yeah, because basically, like, the leaves can reflect that stuff at the top. Yes. The road won't get hot. And exactly, the reflection happens where it's not going to get in your nose. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Damn reflections always getting in my nose. I know. Yeah. So, that was the paper. It wasn't like... I'm not going to lose sleep over this. Yeah, you know, that was kind of like a nice, but I know this wasn't like our most exciting episode, but that was kind of like a nice refreshing, like, hmm, it's back to the, back to science. Yeah. But just back to like, you know, simple, good, honest science. No mice were hurt in the process of this paper. Yeah. A guy named Marty just walked around, (laughs) had a great day in LA. He may have gotten a little bit of a sunburn, but that's okay. But that's okay. That's all in the name of science. In the name of science. Yeah. Uh, Cool. Well, I appreciate you bringing this in. I appreciate you appreciating this article. (laughs) Thanks, Charlie. Wow, thanks. What a feel-good episode. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I guess you mentioned this is an open access paper, so people can find this on our website, paperboyspodcast.com. You can also check us out on Twitter and Instagram, at paperboyspod is our handle. And last but not least, please check out our Patreon patreon.com slash paperboyspod we do a bonus episode every month you get that for pie dollars it's a meager price to pay such a small price to to hear the uh, brilliant banter of two expert scientists discussing perhaps the most important scientific discoveries of the last what's the oldest one we've done 200 years probably like 100 years we talk about relativity yeah okay yeah 150 buck 50 yeah, we'll give it we'll give it an extra 50 yeah uh but yeah i mean we do episodes on cool historical science or funny papers uh you know some guy who had a weird 
rat colony the living in his backyard and, and, you know, became very like intimately involved with the rats. Yeah. If you want to get a flavor for it too, we have a bonus episode posted uh, as one of our weekly episodes, the episode that we did for the Stanford prison experiment. So you can find that wherever you're listening to us now. Yeah. Um, so again, check that out. Patreon.com slash paperboyspod. Pi dollars a month gets you the bonus episodes. Yep. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you join us next week for another exciting edition of Paper Boys. Thanks for listening. <laughs>